very good evening to all our listeners. This is Radio Maria, and we are now going to have our hour of catechesis. Today we are very blessed to have Father Vlad, who is calling in from London. Am I correct, Father Vlad? Indeed you are. Well, it is West such London. a pleasure to have you, and um, I, have, I have the pleasure of being able to see you on the screen, um, even though we are on different, in different parts of the country right now. And um, I must say, you're looking very good for an 84-year-old? Three. Three-year-old, I beg your pardon. <laughs> and, 84 in May. And um, this is the, the fourth, um, or no, the third, I should say. I'm, third, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of my numbers today, as you can see. It's the third talk that you will be giving us. Um, and it is based on a book that you have written, which is called Life Squared. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's right, yep. And in this book, you talk about your philosophy of life and also your experiences and um, some of the little nuggets of wisdom that you have collected along the way after a life of reflection. Um, is that right? Yes, I think so, yep. Now, um, you shared with us previously a thing you call the pies of life. And mm -hmm. um, today you're going to be going a little bit more into that. Is that right? Yeah, it's faith. Faith as values. Because I, I think I mentioned faith isn't a verb. You can't faith anything. The verb is believing. So if you have faith in... Uh, you believe somebody telling the truth, you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe etc., and I believe in certain values, which I want to talk about today. Right. Because last time we spoke about faith as a perception, right? That's right, yes. Yeah. Because you believe. I mean, I'm, you know, as I, said, I believe you're human, you could be Martian, but whenever you look at anything, you have to make a, you, you believe that what you're seeing is, is real. It could be phony, it could be false. Um, right. And I spoke about perception and that we see things as we are, and if we're feeling, you know, uh, hungry, then food is, is attractive. If we car sick or seasick, the same piece of food is very unattractive. So it's a question of uh, seeing as we are and hoping to see uh, the best possible thing from the, our perspective. And you gave a, a, an image which I thought was quite profound, where you spoke about a group of blind people all approaching an elephant and each mm -hmm. one um, investigating a different part of this elephant and each having yep. a completely different understanding of what that of elephant what was. Like, and yep. how faith, if I'm, I'm just giving a recap for myself and also for listeners who may not have heard you, how faith changes our perspective of the world. Because we, if we see through the light of faith, with the perspective of faith or the um, the eyes of faith, then the world yeah. is something completely different than if we didn't. Have, yeah. yeah, I mean, if I if I have faith that Jesus Christ is in everybody, then obviously the way I treat them would be different if I didn't think that. Uh, right. If I see God in the self, others, and nature, the sun, as I always have said, myself in others and in nature, it changes it completely. Um, the world is much richer much more beautiful and much more demanding in a certain way because it's not just material 
it's spiritual and God is in whoever I'm talking with or whatever I'm looking at. And that's hugely enriching. I mean, it's it's a wonderful gift. So I thank God for it. Yeah. Uh, but to, but to believe in something, you see, uh, is to go inside that person. If I, uh, so we saw belief perception, I, I believe whatever it is. But if you're going to believing in, it's a step further. It's a commitment. It's an entry. It's taking, going into something. It is a be, live, in. So, you know, if I, as we'll see next week, I believe in God, I live in God. And today I'm looking at the values that I try to live and be in them, to live in them uh, as part of my life. Uh, claims of values, of course, can be monitored by anybody interested in my life. If people can see how I behave and they will soon, if they know me well, know what values I have. And I'm just going to go through the, the values that I've tried to live. Uh, to share them with perhaps you might be, try to do something similar. Uh, I'll, I'll go, as I always do, across the pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional and spiritual dimensions of our life. Uh, and do phone in if you have any questions. Uh, I know there's people listening in Australia, there are people listening in in Canada. Uh, at least they were last week, so maybe this week we might hear something from them. Is that physical? To start with the physical, I believe in peace. I was born in 1939 in Czechoslovakia, just before the Second World War, and I was in Prague on, in May 1945 and witnessed the street fighting as the Vlasov, by then fighting on the side of the Russians, army advanced, and the Czech resistance rose up and fought the German soldiers into their retreat. And at the age of six, seeing it's my birthday, in fact. Uh, on the, in May, seeing German shoulders shot. It's still deeply etched in my mind uh, that I remember. And uh, one of them had been dressed, tried to escape dressed as a nun, but somebody spotted he had boots on. And so they asked him to stop and he ran, and he got shot and he floated for quite a while in a tank that was outside a house, uh, which had been built in case there were fires, so they could take the, the water to put the fires out. The peace Jesus taught is much more the absence of conflict. It's taking action to restore a broken situation. It's more than a state of inner tranquility. It's a state of wholeness and completeness. Shalom. It's a wonderful word, that shalom. Christ's peace is not something we can create on our own. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And in my 53 years as a priest, I've done my best, more often a failure than a success, in bringing peace to families. Uh, families that are falling apart one way or another. As head of our school chapel in the Cardinal Vaughan Memorial School in London for almost 12 years, I dissuaded quite a few bullies from ceasing to practice their cruelty. All I needed was a handshake. Having rode when I was in Imperial College and having done a lot of housework, DIY, I used to have a very strong grip. So I'd get hold of a bully's hand and just shake and gradually squeeze it and squeeze it until his knees buckled and and I would say you don't want to be a bully again do you and uh, it persuaded people not to be bullies if anybody filmed it it was simply a handshake there was absolutely no violence at all 
a friendly handshake that brought friendship into that person. I believe in freedom of movement and thought. I believe in stewardship of our planet. Whenever possible, I walk or take public transport. My car, a Suzuki Baleno, which does the gentle way I drive, over 70 miles to a gallon of petrol. I need to use it when on holiday or visiting friends in the country. I believe in health. Aged 40, in two months, I buried three women who had died of lung cancer. So I gave up smoking. I'd started while at prep school, inhaled for the first time aged 13, and while training in my pastoral role as a priest, was encouraged to offer cigarettes to bridge the gap between me and who were the man I was spiritually accompanying. It was relatively easy to give up smoking as every Lent I'd ceased to smoke for those 40 days. I believe in exercise. I carry out my daily before shower, though after shave, series of exercises. You can see them on my website, fathervlad.com, fathervlad, one word. Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, these include 85 press-ups. And on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays, full squats. On Sundays, a day of rest. Why 85? Well, I've been breathing for 83 and a half years, was alive in my mother's room for nine months. So if you add those up and become 84 and a quarter, rounding number off to next integer, we're up at 85. While you think of your own efforts to look after your body, a gift from God, why don't we have some music?
If you've just tuned in, this is Radio Maria. We're broadcasting live from London and from Cambridge. Father Vlad speaking to us about his philosophy of life and um, today about faith as a value. Father Vlad, why don't you carry on? Yeah, I will. Yes. Uh, no. I believe certain things as I, we spoke about the physical side of things. Uh, now intellectually, I believe in unity. Uh, disunity fragments life and always does damage. Uh, Jesus Christ tried to bring unity into the world. And when people manage to have unity, life is so much better. Uh, the motto of my Clapham College, my secondary school alma mater, now no longer there, was concordia res parve crescum, in harmony small things grow. Better together was the principal campaign slogan for the no vote in the 2014 Scottish independence referendum, advocating Scotland continuing to be a part of the United Kingdom. It worked. Unitate fortior, stronger by union, is the motto of the Army Navy Club in London, where I sometimes get invited for lunch. And of course, the Musketeers, all for one and one for all. I believe in ideas, in learning, teaching, preaching. I spend a lot of my time doing that. I believe in studying. My Kindle carries a lot of history, some psychology, philosophy, sociology and theology. I believe in telling the truth, describing reality as I see it. Never the whole truth, not when a female friend asks me, how do I look? In fact, you can never tell the whole truth when, you know, when you take a vow uh, in the court. It's absurd to say I tell the whole truth because the only person who knows the whole truth is Jesus Christ, God. We only have a partial view of reality. So to tell the whole truth as I see it is only my perception of whatever is there. Thanks to my engineering background, I believe in using the minimum for maximum effect and thus have a reputation for short, weighty homilies. In preaching, I'm convinced the more is less, less is more likely to be remembered. On Mondays, I start preparing, thinking about next Sunday's homily. I believe in writing to share the lessons life has taught me. I believe it is in a way of think thanking God for my life. So far, there is that life squared, a handbook for life in an accelerating world. There are my memoirs in three sim volumes, my life before, during and after my journey in Opus Dei. Then, as people say, I do not look my age. I've written a booklet called An Age of Aging Gracefully, An Art of Aging Gracefully. And finally, there's, for the moment, generally better together, precisely this sense of unity and working on that, that together is much better. Same as if you select a target, you also have to have motivation. Together, you can achieve things. If you just have a target, it's, you get nothing. If you have only motivation and not a target, you waste your time. So you need together. The tougher the goal, the greater must be the motivation. Longer it takes to reach the objective, the more enduring must the motivation be. It's good to have ambition and yet to be realistic. It's wise to cut one's coat according to one's cloth by plans and decisions that are based on what you have 
not would, would you like? Given my height, it would have been very foolish for me to aim to be an elite basketball player. I'm five foot seven and a bit. Tap into your potential or ability and develop and use your self-discipline, the ability to push yourself forward, stay motivated and act regardless of how you're feeling, physically or emotionally. Lacking discipline, all too many people end up with a great future behind them. You need effort and endurance to convert dreams into palpable reality. Have enough work and enough time for family life. It's vital for a healthy emotional balance. So often families fall apart because one or the other partner spends far too much time working and not enough time dedicating his or her energy into the family. When people and intuition have both wealth and generosity, great things can happen. However, to avoid damage, you also need wisdom, tapping into the advice of experts who know the facts. It's good to have a serious drive and an ability to convert dreams into reality, no matter how challenging these may be. Brexit has made it all too palpably clear that going it alone has had and will continue to have massive negative impact on the UK's fiscal life and much else. If you send me an email, I will let you have these attachments in mind to you. My address is, my email address is Vladimir Feldsman, one word, uh, lowercase, at rcdow, Roman Catholic Diocese of Westminster.org.uk. Emotional. I believe in friendship. The best reality in life after health and hope. I don't know about you, but if someone asks me what's the best thing in life, uh, the first is obviously health, hope, and friends. And my best friend is the one I call Yesh, Yeshua, Jesus. I share my life with him, and that is hugely enriching. I have many colleagues, quite a few allies in life, and a few friends. You can't have too many friends, as time is limited. And friends with equality and harmony need time to be sustained. A friend is an alter ego, another self, with whom I can share my inner life, knowing the secrets therein will not be broadcast. I need both friends, which include my family and allies in life, colleagues and associates. I think I mentioned before, I don't like people when people say friends and family as though family weren't included in your friends. Uh, sometimes it's, it's only too true, but it's friends including your family are welcome. A strong and healthy relationship of love generated by harmony of values is built on the three A's, attention, appreciation and affection, and three C's, communication, compromise and commitment. When backed up by equality, fidelity, gratitude and honesty, and each living to make the other's life a joy, marriage can indeed be mutually, enduringly life-enhancing. It's wonderful to see long-lasting families. I buried a man a couple of years ago. He'd been married 
for 60 years or something. I mean, fantastic. Remember, both joy and sorrow shared unite. Bereaved, cry and get over it. Life is too short to waste it on moping. At times, life is both beautiful and sad. C'est la vie. Sports spectators suffer, or is it enjoy both excitement and nervousness? To be honest, and perhaps pathetic, I admit I feel nervous rather than excited when watching England play. Unless, that is, there are at least two goals ahead. Then one can relax and even have a cup of tea. In love, there has to be a lover and a beloved. The I and a you generating a we, as in God the Father, Son and God the Holy Spirit. I'm inclined to believe that the Roman Catholic Church was right to insert the filioque, Father and Son, into the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed. The Holy Spirit is the outcome of the Father's and the Son's mutual love, the I in you, generating the Holy Spirit, the we. As the song says, you're nobody unless somebody loves you. To live life to the full, we all need someone who does love us. Underpinning love are two virtues. As water, whether it's a river, an ocean, steam or ice, is always a compound of hydrogen, oxygen, love, whatever its intensity and texture, is underpinned by appreciation and respect. I love you. I need you as you are, not as I might wish you to be. And God's love that came to me has enriched my life hugely. We need to aim for respect and appreciation in the self, others and nature, if we can claim to appreciate and respect the giver of it all, the one we call God. We need to develop both sympathy and empathy if we want to become an attractive human being. Empathy shown is how much compassion and understanding we can give to another. Sympathy is more of a feeling of pity for another. Empathy is our ability to understand how somebody feels. At work, as in indeed any part of society, there should be equality and diversity, as well as inclusion. At its core, equality means fairness. We must ensure that individuals or groups of individuals are not treated less favorably because of their characteristics. Diversity is recognizing, respecting, celebrating each other's differences. A, di a diverse environment is one with a wide range of backgrounds and mindsets, which allows for an empowered culture of creativity and innovation. Inclusion allows a mix of people to come to work, feel comfortable and be confident to be themselves and work in a way that suits them and delivers what the business needs. Inclusion ensures that everyone feels valued, listened to, and importantly, realizes they add value, value that is recognized by the organization. And I found that certainly in the church, Westminster Diocese. Love, like the heart and lungs, needs both to receive and to give. My vocation to serve others and nature and God was born when for the first time aged 15, I palpably experienced God's love. One day in holiday in Eriske, out of Hebrides, on August 1954, I decided to climb the hill, the highest point in Eriske, passing on my way the skull and horns of a deceased sheep.
at the top, I sat down, looked west across the Atlantic Ocean. Suddenly, something utterly unexpected happened. The only way I can put it, I fell in love with infinity. It was my Pentecostal experience. I experienced divine presence throughout my body. I never asked for it. I never expected it. However, that moment, no idea how long it was before I climbed down the Benin scathing peak of 155 meters, has stayed undiminished and fresh, glowing solid within my heart. Gradually, as the years went by, I realized that th that infinity was indeed the one we tend to call God. That experience altered my life 180 degrees. Instead of trying to be naughty so as to be accepted as one of the gang, I started to study hard, to strive to be good, going to mass every day before school. The mass there was in Latin, and it took 15 minutes. The priest ran through it, so I had plenty of time to get to school on time. As a result of being good, I was appointed head boy at Clapham College. No longer there, replaced by the Francis Xavier Sixth Form College. Altruism, like a reciprocating engine, realizes the joy that the more you give across the pies, the more you receive, at least certainly in the E and S, emotions and the spirit. See, love is both a noun, you are my love, and a verb, I love you. I need to love myself as I am, as well as aiming to improve my PB, my personal best, transcending my current state by being, becoming the best, best version of myself so far. Striving for that keeps you going, and keeps me going anyway. My closest friend, as I said, is Jesus. With him I share everything. As he is in eternity as well as in my heart, his presence, I think, slows down my aging. I remember a song from my scouting days, which has helped shape my attitude in life. What's the use of worrying it? It never was worthwhile. So pack up your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. Dare to be different. At Imperial College, in the boat club, I was secretary. When the lads went to their all night booze ups and uh, other things, which will show my nameless, but starts with S, I used to avoid that and it never cost me my popularity, they respected me. I avoid social media and its pressures. So how about some nice music, so you can think about all these wonderful things that I'm trying to share with you. Yes, thank you, Father Vlad. This is A Radiant Dawn by James McMillan. Thank you. 
If you've just tuned in, this is Radio Maria, and it is our hour of catechesis. That was James McMillan, Sir James McMillan's piece, O Radiant Dawn. And we have Father Vlad with us. And Father Vlad has been speaking to us about faith as a value. And um, Father Vlad's going to give us, uh, finish off his talk, but... While he's speaking, I do encourage anyone who would like to call in and have a question for him. You're welcome to do that. And the number to dial is 01223-375-564. That's 01223-375-564. And we'd be happy to to take your call. Um, but over to you again, Father Vlad. Yes, moving on to the spiritual side of things and the values there. Beauty in all its ways it comes to me through my five senses reveals to me the presence of God. Like music, for example, sunsets, flowers, wonderful smells of nature. It has a spiritual dimension. God is in that. And if you can see that, then your life becomes so much richer. You say, thank God for today. Thank God for this flower. Thank God. And you mean it because God is in it. Uh, you can have that presence of God uh, throughout your day, which then certainly buoys me up and energizes me and keeps me on the move. Uh, the spiritual is to do with commitment. The short story I use when talking about commitment is the Australian water pump. Imagine, it's New South Wales, Australia, 1954. The road carries on into the horizon. Ditches occasionally on both sides. A car is being driven along with dust curling up behind. Suddenly, it loses speed and skids into a ditch. The driver had obviously fallen asleep. He climbs out, sees there is no way he can get out, to get the car back on the road, so he sits down and thinks. I have two litres of water. If I stay here, I will be dead in three days, Max. If I start walking, who knows? So, placing his two bottles in his army surplus rucksack, he starts walking as the sun sets. Suddenly, silhouetted against the yellow-red glow, he sees a small number of huts. He walks towards them. If there had been a settlement, there, there must be water. Moving past the first two empty huts, he spots the handle of a pump. Scooping away, the sand blown up round it, he sees a chipped enamel notice. To prime pump, pour in two litres of water. Being an optimist, he pours in his water. He starts to crank the pump handle. After half a, dozen, half a dozen ups and downs, the water starts to flow. He survived to tell me his story. What would you have done? Aged eight, for my confirmation name, I chose Francis, Francis Xavier. Because during my time at St. Peter's School in Merrow, my prep school, I had plenty of time to read the lives of the saints. Francis stood out for me by his, his commitment to God and he was happy to sail so slowly round Africa onto India. 
He left Portugal the 7th of April, 1541, and arrived 6th of May, my birthday in 1542. The food and drink were appalling. It motivated me to do my bit for God, no matter what. And here I am, enjoying life. I should, I ought to be steward of the gifts I have been given and acquired. I want to be the arms and the hands of God. I believe in equality, in diversity. Remember, 20 pounds of music and 20 pounds of food have equal value, they are, they are totally different. Forgiveness is Ubuntu, that wonderful South African word, which means what's good for you is good for me. If I forgive somebody, and I always forgive, it's good for them, but it's also good for me, my blood pressure and skin. Generosity, life has taught me the truth, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Obviously, I believe in the Ten Commandments, the Eight Beatitudes. Hope. Stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. Minds innocent and quiet take that for a hermitage. If I have freedom in my love, and in my soul I'm free, angels alone that soar above enjoy such liberty. That's Richard Lovelock in 1642. Patience. I learned patience quite young, aged eight. While a brownie, my younger sister Georgie, wanted to get her gardener badge. She was given a potted plant to look after. Concentrating on other areas of life, she forgot to water it. It refused to grow. In panic, just before walking down Gwendolyn Avenue to her unit, she caught the top of the plant between her index fingers and thumb and pulled. Of course, the poor plant snapped. A burst of tears followed, too late to water that unlucky plant. So aged about eight, I learned that nature needs time and care for life to grow. Force just does not do the trick. Hope needs patience and application. As I mentioned, unity is a great thing. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less as well as if a promontory were, as well as any manner of my friends, or of thine own were, any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never seek to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. I have committed my life to serve others. Matthew 25, 40, what you do to the least of mine, you do unto me. And as a result, enjoy what Jesus Christ promised us, if we do follow him, life to the full, John 10.10. 10. Friends are, after health and hope, the best there is in life. Mind you, fine wines and whiskies follow closely behind. So far, my life has been hugely blessed. 
Well, let's have some music then. So we'll now listen to a piece by Eric Satie. And um, a reminder that if you would like to call in and ask Father Vlad a question, the number to dial is 01223-375-564. That's 01223-375-564.
Very good evening to all our listeners. This is Radio Maria, and it's been our hour of catechesis, still is. And we've been speaking to Father Vlad, who has been talking to us about faith as a value. And the piece of music you were just listening to was by Eric Satie. If you would like to call in and ask Father Vlad a question, the number to dial is 012233755564, and um, we'd be happy to take your call. The lines are open. Um, Father Vlad, I was very curious about what you were saying about um, having grown up in Czechoslovakia. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you when you moved to England? Six. Six years old. Just, 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 just six, almost seven. Wow. We came over in 1946 because my father was a diplomat, so he came over straight away after the war in 45, and then in 46, my mother, I, and all the children, my my two sisters and my younger brother, flew to England as well. We came in one of those young Junkers 52 planes with the three engines that you see in where Eagles there. Always reminds me. Hmm. This was great fun. Uh, I remember there was a little sliding window, so I put my hand out and pushed it right back by the windstream, slipstream, and the co-pilot came down to my mouth to get my hand in because the airplane was turning around slightly with the extra drag on the one side. Wow. And uh, the airplane, previous airplane, we landed in Frankfurt and then we landed in Brussels. And the day before, a similar airplane on just taking off lost the wing. And there it was at the end of the runway, wingless, with one wing off like a dead bird. And the people that were in that aeroplane, which had been full, came onto our aeroplane and stood in the corridor like in a tube train. Mm. And the aeroplane just managed to clear the cliffs of Dover. I can remember seeing people waving at us from, you know, a couple of hundred feet. Uh, So I came to England. Oh, that's terrifying. (laughs) And then in '48, when the communists took over, my father resigned, and we became refugees, okay. and stayed on, uh, but hoping to go back. So we spoke Czech at home until '56, when the Hungarian Revolution took place, and nothing happened. The Americans didn't come and liberate anybody, so my parents decided we'll be here forever. So we got British passports, and uh, carried on. And the first time I went back to Czechoslovakia was in 1990, in the spring, just after the. Velvet Revolution, wow, that's which was fascinating, time. wonderful to be there with bullet holes in the house where we lived, and they're still still there. Following year, the bullet holes have been eradicated, but sure. it reminded me, brought back all those memories as, as a little child. And um, you sp- so it's been an interesting life. I must say, it's been a very interesting life. It sounds. It certainly sounds like it. You you spoke about an experience that you had when you were. Um, very young, and how it impressed something upon your heart, um, yeah. what you call a, a love for, or a love of an, of eternity, or infinity. 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 Yeah, yeah. And it reminded me a little bit of the story of Brother Lawrence. Do you know that story? Remind me. So he's the one, he was the uh, Carmelite, um, I think he was a lay brother, and he wrote the book called The Practice of the Presence of God. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a story of how when he was a young man, he saw a tree that had lost all its leaves. And um, he 
was contemplating the fact that the tree was going to gain its leaves again <clears> when <throat> spring came and suddenly this sense of the the providence of god overwhelmed him and he had this tremendous conversion experience just contemplating that tree and he said that it, it never left him for the rest of his life this deep impression of 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 god's divine providence um and it, it, your story reminded me a little bit of that of the of a kind of a moment of of no return um when god sort of impresses something upon your heart yeah and it's still there it's 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 a you know it's a wonderful gift uh, i mean blessed to have it indeed um and did this lead to you becoming a priest do you feel like the the priesthood was a way of you responding to that love well i didn't want to be a priest initially because it, in, in czechoslovakia priests had a very bad reputation certainly for my parents generation because in the Austro-Hungarian Empire, my parents were born in 1909 and 1910, uh, the church was a part of the civil society, of the government. Uh, you know, my parents remember praying in the autumn, we thank God and the emperor for the harvest. Really? And priests had a reputation of being you know, self-indulgent, fat um, slobs. Uh, it's a typical joke, you know, ask a boy in a, in a village, what does he want to be when he grows up? Well, either a cow or a priest. What? Yeah, they're both, all they do is to eat and sleep. Wow. Uh, so I didn't want to become a priest. Uh, I was going to be, going to help God make the world a better place through being an engineer. That's why I went to study engineering at Imperial College. Uh, uh, but then... At the end of my first year in Imperial College, we were sent to do a summer's practical work somewhere, and I didn't choose it, but I was sent to Argyll and West Scotland again. And the whole memory of what I'd felt before that was so powerful that I had to do something, you know, I had to commit myself to God. Um, and uh, so I got to know the, I got to know the Jesuits because we used to go camping in in Heathrop in, in Oxfordshire and I love that place beautiful place so I contacted a Jesuit I knew and he arranged for me to go and see the vocations director in Manresa in, that's where they were in Roehampton uh, but of course I had to tell my father I can still remember and after the nine o'clock news listening to the radio in that old telephone couldn't radio we listened to in danger of death listening to news during the war I told my father, yeah, I'm going to join the Jesuits. And the pain on his face was so appalling that I said, okay, all right, I won't. I'll join Opus Day instead. <laughs> um, and he, he thought it was a club for boys, for university students. So he said, that's fine. Okay. So I did. And I was there for 22 years. That's did the you, second volume of my memoirs. Did you become a priest in Opus Day then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And you were there for 22 years. So, As, yeah, that was there, yeah. Right. And I was got to know the founder very well. I was El Mimado del Padre, the favorite of the father. Oh, wow. Uh, well, well, because when my, my father died in the summer of 1960, uh, and Escriva was in London at the time, he used to come to London to write his uh, documents, and uh, he took me under his wing. He mm -hmm. became my 
father and I became his sort of son. So it's great. Do you still have any um, connection with the, with Opus Dei here in No, 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 no. Once I left, I was totally cut off. They, they ceased to, I ceased to exist as far as they were concerned. Oh, wow. Um, but it gave me the best theology you could have, uh, protected me from all the bad things that were happening in the 60s uh, after Vatican II. So I, I survived intact and got a very good education, uh, solid spirituality. Um, and when I left that I just have to decided to write what I believed I meant by words like God, beauty, the sacraments, truth, etc. Yeah. And that's all in my book. So it's been so far a very interesting life and I thank God for it every day. I'm just thinking about how different things would have been had you gone with the Jesuits rather than Opus oh, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But quite. Yeah. So it's, it, Providence has been very, very good to me and I try to do my best to help Providence. <laughs> all yeah. from a look, all out Make of a look from your place. father. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. funny how things work. Yeah. You know, uh, we weren't very close with my father, but I mean, I just, it just, I just couldn't. The, the pain was this. I, was, I punched him in the stomach. I mean, it was mm. uh, appalling. Uh, and of course, he regretted it soon after because having read The Way by Scriver, uh, which I gave him, he said an awful lot of this is just like Hitler's thinking. So um, I didn't take that seriously. And he died before I had a chance to talk to him about it. Mm. Anyway, he was on holiday staying with the, the MP friend of ours down in Cornwall at Gravel Howard. And he had a heart attack. And then the following day had another heart attack and he, he killed him. Oh, that's so, very sad. Um, yep. I imagine he has a bird's eye view of the situation now. Oh, yes, he has an absolute <laughs> crystal clear. Well, it's been really lovely having you on air, um, Father Vlad, and we look forward to the next installment of your yes, Life Squared that's, series. That's faith as commitment to God. You know, I believe yes. in God means I've committed myself to God. Mm. How do I believe in God? What does that mean for me? And I'll share that with you, all being well, same time next Friday. Thank you. Yes. So um, to our listeners, this has been an hour of catechesis with Father Vlad. Do tune in um, again next week, same time to hear the next installment. God bless you all.